0: Well, it's probably a good time as any to talk about how political correctness works in stand-up comedy, because some people think it's a free-for-all. You can say whatever you want on stage because of freedom of speech. That is not the case. There are rules and regulations that govern what I do. Basically, how political correctness works in stand-up comedy is, if you're directly affected by something or involved in something, you get a free pass. You're allowed to joke about that thing. So, for example, homosexual people can joke about being gay. Disabled people can joke about disability. Black or Asian people can joke about race. Those are the rules. So... These two pedophiles walk into a park. (laughs) Yo, what's going on? Time for some hump day stuff. I'm having one hell of a busy week, but I, I definitely wanted to knock this episode out today because uh, so many topics I want to discuss tomorrow is going to be crazy Friday, probably crazy. So I might have to take a phone call or two. So if that does happen, I'll just fix it all and post. So my March Madness bracket was completely toast on Thursday of last week. Just completely Shit the bed this year. It was so ugly. Maybe the single worst result I've ever had in trying to pick games. I ended up in the 14th percentile on ESPN. (laughs) 86% of all other brackets were better than mine. I don't even know why I try. I'll tell you this though. Once you're out, when you're done, right? you actually start to enjoy watching the games. There's no pressure. You just enjoy the action. Duke made it into the Final Four. They were seeded second in their region, just behind Gonzaga, and yet I still didn't have them going further than the second round. Now, I know people love to hate Duke, and I get it, but it's going to be a long time before we see another coach like Coach K. So just enjoy what's left for him. It's either going to be the story of the year or you're going to see those kids bawling their eyes out. Him too. He has genuine love for his players. They're like his sons. But he's done some shit that I found questionable too. All right. But it's going to be a must-see this weekend. Do yourselves a favor. Don't miss it. I say that, and yet there's a good chance then I might very well miss the first game, because our Saturday bike ride this week, that's always my priority. Seeing my friends and hanging out, which sometimes eats the afternoon like a, a hobo on a ham sandwich, but I wouldn't spend it any other way. But if you were looking for something to divert your eyes away from the Ukraine situation, it's Will Smith to the rescue. All anyone has been talking about since Sunday night was what went down at the Oscars. And in case you've been living under a rock, Chris Rock made a dumb joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's bald head. Will Smith finds it funny, laughed at the joke, Till he turns to his wife and sees it. She didn't find it funny. So being the disingenuous bastard that he is, he goes up there, and at least it looked like it to me, all right He fake slaps rock across the face. I say fake because man, if you've ever been slapped in the face, it rings your bell. I mean, rock acted like it was nothing. I mean either this guy could take a real punch or that thing was just fake. He looked shocked, but it didn't he didn't look or talk like he'd actually been hit. Then will sits down and this happens
1: here. Uh oh. Richard. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Keep the- my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane jump.
0: Keep my wife's
1: name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to. Okay.
0: If the Oscars ever needed an injection in order to be relevant again, this was it. But I have to tell you, Bob Hope is rolling in his grave. <laughs> My mother's rolling in her grave. I said it last year around this time. She warned me the Oscars were circling the bowl, but I didn't listen. Yeah, you know, I don't know if they they have an orchestra playing or something, but now there's a DJ and a band and. It went from a grand ball to a culture parade. It's gone from a once prestigious event to an episode of Maury Povich, right? This was less like the Oscars and more like watching TMZ happen in real life. The fresh douche of Bel Air bitch slaps Chris Rock on stage on network television with the entire world watching. And not only does he not go to jail, they gave him a fucking Best Actor award half an hour later and a standing ovation. Like if that was Ricky Gervais or any other white comedian up there telling that joke and Will gets up there and slaps him, they'd have had that motherfucker in handcuffs. Chris Rock is Oscar royalty by this time, right? I mean, he's been a host before. He's a comedian. Comedians tell jokes. You tell me this hasn't now opened the door for every wannabe tough guy heckler to go up on stage and kick the shit out of a comedian just because he insulted him. We've crossed a serious line here. It's comedy. Show a sense of humility. How safe are comics going to feel now? Right, are we going to have to have security or bouncers on either side of every stage at every comedy shop everywhere now? Gotta wonder. If you show up to the Oscars and you sit in the front row wearing an ungodly large dress, you'd better bet your ass you're going to get roasted, especially if your husband was the front runner in one of the most Oscar-bait movies in the history of the Academy. You know Ampass is going to eat that shit alive, right? And you know the minute that your nomination's announced, you're going to win. But here's the real problem. Word came out not too long ago that Jada Pinkett Smith, and there's a reason why she kept the name Pinkett in there. You can do your own math on that. She and Will have an open marriage. And apparently, it wasn't his choice. Right, that shit got leaked to the press. And the press went to the dinner table with that shit. How it got leaked is anyone's guess. But when it did, Will was embarrassed. And rightly so. Right? Like, What man wants to be forced into an open marriage? So now he's labeled as a cuckold, like he's okay with another dude boning his wife. That's not something you want out there. People perceive you as weak, right? So Rock, who doesn't respect Jada as an actress, and apparently doesn't realize that she's bald because she suffers from alopecia, even though she shaved her head before. He makes a joke that, by the way, was lame as fuck.
1: Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right?
0: <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. It's a dumb joke, but certainly not worthy of this.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Nick. Out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane job.
0: Keep my wife's name out your fucking
1: mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> so I could. oh, okay. That was a uh, greatest night in the history of television. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: This, folks. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> I'm not saying that Will Smith isn't a great actor, because he is. But ever since he didn't win a Best Actor Oscar for playing Muhammad Ali, he's made Oscar bait movie after Oscar bait movie until they finally rewarded him. I'm saying all this, and guess what? I didn't even watch the Oscars. Right? I was getting fed the winners by my friend Sasha, who was there covering it for her website. This was the first Oscars that I've boycotted since I started watching them as a little kid with my mom. And Sunday's show made me glad I did. With the ratings, uh like 16 million or something. They gained almost 60% over last year, which was the worst. Still below where they were, but you know, success for ABC. And you know what? People eat this shit up. They'll be back next year, and good for them. I won't. (laughs) These new friends I'm making, right? They used to do the same things that we would do. They'd go to Oscar parties, lots of food. You know, people will fill out a bracket, try to guess the winners. And apparently those parties are all dead now. Smith was laughing at that joke until he saw his wife's reaction. Then he remembered that, you know, she was probably still butthurt from the shit that Rock said about her when she boycotted the, the Oscars in 2016. You remember that? Hashtag Oscars So White? Now it's Oscars So What the fuck Just Happened? <laughs> Jesus. Like, what would have happened if Rock retaliated like a lot of men would? He had a clear lane, right? If you look at the picture, his back foot is planted, right fist was clenched, Smith's right arm was stretched all the way across his body. So there was no way to defend himself. And, you know, Rock is shorter than Smith. So he had an easy shot to the bottom jaw. Would have knocked him right the fuck out. But he didn't because that's not what grown men do. Men in our age group shouldn't be fighting. And we certainly wouldn't do it on national television. Look, you want to be chivalrous, right? Smith should have just gotten up there, demanded that Rock apologize to his wife. And should he refuse, I'll see you backstage. Take it private. Or fake smack him. Then go back to your seat and sit down. Don't say anything. That might have even been funny. But to repeatedly say what he did on TV, with the whole world watching, with kids in the audience, no. I mean, that was a bridge too far. But you gotta give Chris Rock credit, man. A true professional. Stood there, took the shot, kept moving the show along like a pro, and gave Questlove his Oscar for Best Documentary. Well-deserved, by the way. Anyway, it was just the shit show I was expecting. (laughs) All right. Okay, hold on a second here. Let me get this together. This is outstanding. Politicians are just off the rails these days. But this is epic. All right. A Nebraska state lawmaker apologized on Monday after he publicly cited a persistent but debunked rumor alleging that schools are placing litter boxes in school bathrooms to accommodate children who self-identify as cats. <laughs> I'm not making this up. This is an AP story. Senator Bruce Bostelman, a conservative uh, conservative Republican, not sure why they had to mention that, but whatever, repeated the false claim during a public televised debate on a bill intended to help school children who have behavioral problems. His comments quickly went viral with one Twitter video garnering more than 300,000 views as of Monday afternoon, and drew an onslaught of online criticism and ridicule. They meow and they bark, and they interact with their teachers in this fashion, Bostelman said during legislative debate. And now schools are wanting to put litter boxes in the schools for these children to use. How is this sanitary? The rumor has persisted in a private Facebook group Protect Nebraska children, and also surfaced last month in an Iowa school district, forcing the superintendent to write to parents that it was simply and emphatically not true. I had to see this to believe it. And sure enough, listen to this dumb dumb.
1: And I'm a little shocked, I guess, is what I would put it. It's called something called furries. If you don't know what furries are, it's where school children. Dress up as animals, cats or dogs, during the school day. They meow and they bark, and they interact with their school, with the teachers, and that in this fashion. And now schools are wanting to put litter boxes in the schools for these children to use. How is this sanitary? I'm going to have a discussion with CEO Smith about this. This is something I think how can schools allow this to happen? I think it's very disruptive within the school system. I think it's very disruptive within the classes. I even heard from one person here recently said that a, that, a, that a student identified as a cat and wanted a litter box, and the school didn't provide the litter box, so the student went ahead and defecated on the floor. Really? Really? School administrators, what is going on? Nebraska Department of Education, what is going on? State Board of Education, what is going on? If some kids can't wear American flag to walk through the school on their shirt, and you keep them out of school, and you kick them out of school, but it's okay if, if they wear a cat costume, and that's fine, and you have a litter box for them, and that's fine?
0: Take his affiliated party out of the discussion, all right? Not necessary. And let's just focus on the fact that this is an elected senator for the state of Nebraska taking some bullshit rhetoric on Facebook and bringing it to the Senate floor without investigating it first. And since when is it not okay to wear a t-shirt with the American flag on it? Is that true or is that bullshit as well? (laughs) Because, listen, if that's true, that's messed up. It's about as messed up as a kid who thinks he's a cat and shits in a box. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) You walk into someone's house and the kid's been dropping deuces in a litter box. (laughs) You're like, dude, you get a mountain lion for a pet? What the fuck is that? Uh, all right, let's change the topic. Okay. So has this ever happened to you? Or maybe it's just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm going deaf. You watch TV, say like on a Friday night, right? And then you go to bed. You wake up on Saturday. You get some coffee. You sit down, you turn the TV back on. You ever notice how loud it is? Like, holy shit. Do I get deafer at night? I'll be watching something at night, right? My melatonin kicks in. I turn all the shit off. I go upstairs. It didn't sound that loud to me that night. I wake up on Saturday morning, come downstairs, make an espresso, turn the TV back on to catch a little golf, you know, before I head out again. And Jesus, my comfortable volume on my screen is around 10. That's suitable for me. It was on 25. And it was so fucking loud, I couldn't believe it. Like, is this a common phenomenon that we get deafer as the day wears on? I mean, this happens to me a lot. And this is why I end up using my Bluetooth headset as often as I can because, you know, Bluetooth audio has a volume limit and it's absolutely adequate. I mean, hell, like I could just be going deaf. What? <laughs> like this, dude, like if, if if you're a guy and you're married or maybe not even married, how many times has your wife or girlfriend accused you of not listening to them? Like they'll say, don't forget, you know, we're having dinner with so-and-so on Friday. And you'll be like, oh, I can't do it. I need plans. And she'll say, wait a minute. I told you about this last week. And you said you didn't have any plans. And it was cool. So now you're in the doghouse. Or if you're smart, you cancel those other plans. This has happened to me so many times. I can't even count. So I have slowly learned to pay closer attention. But I had a friend whose wife just, you know, he said she just never stopped talking So we had to filter out what was important and what was filler. Now, granted, this friend was a little sexist, all right? It was exhausting for him. And I'd go over there and I'd see it firsthand or hear it firsthand. And he wasn't making it up. She liked to talk a lot. Anyway, she finally got pissed off at him because he just wasn't listening at all anymore. So he told her, this is horrible what he said, but he said, you know what? If you've got something important to tell me, something that's really important for me to remember, take your top off before you tell me. Then you'll have my complete attention. <laughs> now, that's sexist, okay? I don't support that. But I did think it was funny at the time. And you know what? She actually did it once just to spite him. <laughs> oh, man. Then you got Brooks Kepka. He pulled a bit of a dick move at the match play WGC tournament last week. He refused to sign a fan's autograph when he was on the driving range, warming up. Totally pulled a tin cup. He told him he was working. From the reports, you know, that they reported on it, it went pretty much like it did in the movie.
1: Excuse me, Mr. Look, Sam. Can, excuse me. Would you mind giving our grandson an autograph? Your autograph? Can you people not see that I'm busy? I'm working here. This is my office. Do I come to your office and ask you for your autograph? I don't think so. Jesus, I'm an ugly
0: dog. Like Golfers can be really gracious or just complete pricks. You just never know which side of them you're going to get. Except for Bubba Watson. He's an asshole every time he's out there. But celebrity does that, man. You get famous and people want a piece of you every time you're anywhere. Some actors are gracious and some just aren't. Just don't bother them, right? I can't imagine what that's like. They have to; It has to feel abnormal. Like, I met Shannon Elizabeth in person at a birthday party once. She was good friends with my buddy Bob, and we were celebrating his birthday at this quaint bowling alley in Glendale. So he says, hey, Phil, I want you to meet my friend Shannon. So I turn around, and it's Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie. So he introduces me to her. We shook hands. I come, I think I commented on her dog. She had like a pocket dog with her. And then I just, all right. I turned around and went back to bowling. And I'm thinking, well, how do you think she feels meeting, you know, strangers, knowing that there's probably a good chance I've seen her naked. It made me feel strange just talking to her. I didn't know anything about her. I didn't really want to know anything about her. It was nice to meet her, but I was on a heater. (laughs) So I got back to my game. I think I bowled a 180 that night or something these people put their pants on one leg at a time just like the rest of us they just own nicer pants but she was tiny oh man she's small The funniest encounter I had back when we were doing the Hollywood thing was when uh, Anne Hathaway she it, she had, we were at the back of the restaurant we were at a Ludo's pop-up at Grandma Papa's a really small place and I guess she used the restroom. And then she came through and I saw from the corner of my eye, I saw her coming. I didn't know it was her and my chair was kind of out. So I moved it forward to make sure she didn't, you know, trip or anything. And I look up and it's her. So then I turn around and all right, I'm staring at her ass. What can I say? <laughs> and uh, she was talking, she was in the middle of the, the restaurant now talking, standing up, talking to uh, shit. Who was it? It was a food writer, from gourmet magazine. Oh, Ruth Reichel. Yeah, she was. She was trying to get her. Uh, Ruth was trying to get her book adapted to a screenplay, and I think she had Hathaway in mind, a her or something. I can't remember how the story goes. It never got through the studio, so you know the whole thing was abandoned. Anyway, I think someone tipped her off. She turned around and caught me. <laughs> I didn't care. Look, if you have a nice butt, I'm gonna look at it. It's embarrassing, but I don't give a shit. You think Ludo was gonna tell me to leave? <laughs> Fuck that. Slightly embarrassing when we were leaving, though, because they're standing right in the middle of the of the restaurant, and we're leaving, and she was kind of in my way, and I had to say, "Excuse me, thank you," and then uh, oh, I just kept my head down. I beat feet the hell out of there. It was like a felt like a dog that had done something wrong. Yeah. Anyway, leave celebrities alone. Stop asking for autographs. What are you thirteen? And hey, don't stare at their ass either. <laughs> pot, meat, kettle. You know, I've amassed a, a ton of life lessons in, in you know, the half century of life that I've lived. And of the things that I've really learned as, as I've moved on is the importance of telling the people who are important to you, the people that matter to you the most, to tell them that you love them. Tell them. Family, obviously. Friends. Anyone who means anything dear to you. Let them know. End every conversation with love you. It's easy. Let those be the last words you say every time because hey, we're not sure the next time, man. I'm going to bed. My last conversation of the night could be with my brother or one of my friends or Mark and Nancy. To bed where I'm the safest. What's going to kill me in bed? Nothing bad can happen to you in bed, you know, unless some bullshit health issue creeps up out of nowhere. But it's important to me that the last words anyone in my life who I truly care for, who hears from me, is that I love them, even if it's in a text. That is the wet pasta that sticks to the wall. And if you're Italian, you get the reference. If you feel it, don't be afraid to say that shit. That's my pro-life tip. If you feel love, don't be afraid to say it to the people that matter. No one's going to think you're a broken record, right? People love hearing that. And if they don't, well, they're not human. But say it anyway. Speaking of which, I tell my Instapot that I love it all the time. That pressure cooker has made my life so easy it's not even funny. It has yet to say it back, but doesn't matter. I'm sure they're working on an Alexa-type AI as I speak. Like when I would prepare the girls' lunches every morning before they went to school, at least twice a week I'd, I'd include like a special surprise treat for them. I'd have to hide it in our cupboards so they wouldn't find it and then eat it before I had a chance to surprise them with it. But I'd always include a little note reminding them how much I loved them and how proud I was of them and how I hoped that they had a, a good day. Like sometimes I'd write a joke or I'd draw a special character for them, a little comic or something. I did this as a reminder of home for them because I know that, you know, when being at school can be kind of a separation from their happy place which is home where they feel safe, but they never commented on those notes. But my eldest did not too long ago. She told me that she saved those notes. She has an envelope and she saved them all. She told me how much it meant to her and how loved it made her feel. And I did the best I could to hold back tears when she told me that. And I'm, I'm doing the best I can to hold them back right now. as <laughs> I like, tell this story, uh, I just, I never got a chance at parenthood until I was given this gift to become a stepfather. And what a gift that was, man. I totally get what my friends were saying all those years. I did the best I could, man. I i, uh, I can't tell you how rewarding an experience it's been. Yeah, you know, I lost their mother, but I have two wonderful girls that I can continue to raise and love for the rest of my time here. I don't mean to sound sappy. All right, but you guys know it. I can be an emotional son of a bitch. (laughs) So (laughs) it doesn't matter. Love comes in all shapes and sizes, man. I don't even know what my point is with all this. I guess it's just to continue to love people that are in your life. Your friends, your family, acquaintances. It doesn't matter. If you care about people in your life, let them know. In whatever capacity you can. You know, don't waste a day. Everyone loves to hear it and they love to feel it. Like this, I love donuts. (laughs) They just don't love me back. So fuck donuts. (laughs) And I am constantly amazed at how many stories there are of women being bamboozled by men and losing a shit ton of money in the process. Netflix is filled with these stories. You got the Tinder swindler, bad vegan. Go online, you could read countless stories like this. Total con artists. All the signs are there, and yet they continue to let this happen. And hey, just to be clear, it happens to men all the time too. All right? I'm not being sexist about this. Gold diggers are gold diggers. Male, female, whatever. But you can't read the signs. I'm surprised women even want to date after shit like this. Your trust gets crushed. I've covered that shit on here already. Countless stories. Dating apps, right? Guy's pictures. Makes him look like he's Brad Pitt he shows up to the date looking like Vito Spatafore from The Sopranos. <laughs> He's got thighs so thick he waddles when he walks. But what kind of a man does it take to do something like that to an innocent woman? I shouldn't even say man, all right? Because a real man wouldn't do that shit. But still, I think you get the drift. That bad vegan story was brutal. You listen to how he talks to this woman. He's always angry, combative. And here she is, this petite, attractive, blonde girl, successful restaurateur, super fit, super healthy, kind, and he's this fast food junkie, fat bastard who constantly screams at her over the phone, demanding more money from her, which he's secretly using to support his gambling habit. She actually believed that he could make her and her dog immortal. <laughs> Maybe I just answered my own question. I guess if you're naive enough, believe that shit is true or possible you're like the ultimate rube You just don't know who to trust anymore right got to analyze everything someone says which makes the you know it takes the romance right out of the whole damn thing but you have to otherwise you're going to end up like her absolute shame i don't think i said marone more times while watching a netflix documentary than i did during bad vegan it was that painful to watch if somebody tells you that they've got the secret to making you immortal or talk about, like, UFOs for more than 15 seconds, run, all right? Leave tire marks. You get out of there so fast. I watch these shows, and I feel just horrible for them. That one was the worst. I wanted to punch that fat in the face so hard. Oh, shit. <laughs> I said a really bad word there. <laughs> uh, note to self Edit that shit and post. Oh my God. Oof. <laughs> you know, it's not that hard to be a good guy. All right? To be a good person. This motherfucker had a gambling problem, though. And the Tinder swindler, he had like a, a spending problem. And that's all well and good. Right? Well, it's not well or good. But why become a predator on decent people to help you keep those bad habits going? Get some help. Just straighten your shit out. It's like I read a really great quote the other day. It was from this English author and philosopher from the turn of the century. His name was Aldous Huxley. And he said that men do not learn very much from the lessons of history is the most important of all the lessons history has to teach. And how impactful is that? Right? Here we are in the world in the year 2022, making all the same mistakes over and over again. You know, here we are possibly on the brink of a world war, the closest we've been ever. We don't take care of Mother Earth. We're politically divided, right? No one can take a joke anymore, obviously. Racism is about as alive as it's ever been. We talk about world peace and love and understanding, yet we continue to go back to the same poisoned well of water and drink from it again and again and again. It's unreal how misguided we can be sometimes. But hey, look, on the bright side always look the bright side. At least we have our health, right? It's like I had a funny exchange with this dude last week. He said he's trying to lose weight and and I'm proud of anybody who not only is is trying to lose weight but is like open about it and willing to tell people. And he's running down his game plan and it's a good one but it's frustrating, you know, because it just didn't come shedding off of you, right? So he asked me how I managed to stay thin. It's a compliment, honestly, but I always love to tell the truth. And the truth is that I love to eat whatever the hell I want. And I absolutely do that. But it forces me to count calories. Like I have to manage my input and my output. I've got a calorie burn goal every day. And some days I take in more than I burn. But I always manage to keep it level by trying to be plant-based at least two to three days a week. Usually during the week, right? So I can go bat shit on the weekends when it's fun. But he asked the best question. And it's an honest one because people hear plant-based and they wonder what the hell that means. He said, what does plant-based actually mean? I didn't hesitate. I said, well, mostly plants. That's <laughs> easy. I stopped eating the processed vegan stuff. know, because some of that stuff, it's like a chemistry set. My friend Cindy and Lance, perfect example. They've been vegan for years and I saw how simple it was. Eat vegetables. You want to cook them and sauce them? Eat them. Don't need meat. It's super easy. But I, I like it simple. I eat assorted raw vegetables, salads, fruits, nuts, uh, various grains that I cook in a vegetable stock that I make in bulk. I keep it in the freezer. You know, bean burritos, pasta, non bread with curry, chickpeas, a lot of Indian cuisine, which is not only delicious, but almost always vegetarian. It's not that complicated. The most important thing I tell them, calorie counting. If you want to lose weight, it's very simple. You got to burn more than you put in, And try to implement some intermittent fasting into your life. Get used to that. And then drink water constantly. And then walk. Walk a lot. You always keep your body moving. The more you move, the more you push your body to constantly metabolize water or whatever food you're eating. And then the more your body stays busy. Because a busy body is using energy and energy burns calories. Simple math. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of anybody who takes that shit seriously. You know, if you've been there, you know it sucks. But when you start seeing results, oh, it gets heavenly. I'm always a work in progress. Look, I love myself, all right? I want to show respect to my body, but I'm not going to deny myself the simple pleasures like french fries and the occasional burger. I mean, man's got to live, right? Okay, so look, I've actually taken two phone calls during this thing. (laughs) And if I do a good enough job editing this show, you won't be able to tell. But I got to get back to my stuff. It's like I said, it's so uh, pretty. I'm crushed. But thanks for taking the time to listen, okay? I wish you all a great week, a wonderful weekend, and until next time, my name is Phil and this has been a name. Cheers. I can't remember what he said, but it was something like Jada Pinkett Smith boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting uh, Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited. <laughs> that's that's what he said. Yeah, no, it was a good joke. Yeah, I'll get it. These fucking celebrities.